Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. But welcome to South Coast Christian. We're glad that you're here today. If you're a guest with us today, we want to say thank you. We know that you have a lot of places to choose to worship, but thank you for choosing here and being a part of this family. Uh, we believe that, that God can do the impossible in this church. We believe that through prayer, God can change lives. In, fa- in fact, our vision statement for South Coast Christian is creating environments to see what God can do through you. We believe that when we create an environment of faith, when we create an v- environment of worship, guess what? God can do greater things in our life than ever before. And we believe, if you're looking for a miracle here today, if you're a guest with us, if you're looking for a miracle, you found the right church. Because I believe God can change lives. God could touch you. And so thank you for being here today. And, and our hope that is that uh, uh, you will enjoy our time of worship and that South Coast Christian will become a home for you. Um, when you enter today, everybody should have received a program that says, Welcome Home. Are you guys getting the same theme? You know, Welcome Home. It's, we're trying to get the same theme together. But Welcome Home. And inside the program, there's some information for you. There's some events that are taking place here in the near future. You can read about that. But there's also a welcome home card. And if you're a guest, we just would encourage you to fill that out. We don't ask for a lot of information, name, email, phone number. But our main goal is to try to keep you informed of different events that are happening during the week. Uh, We're coming up to a Friday fun night this Friday that we want to inform people of. We have movie nights out on the lawn. We have worship nights. We have different events, girls' night out, men's breakfast. And by signing up for that, we will keep you informed of what's taking place here at the church. Um, today, this is our last Sunday of our series, Body Parts. So that we've been in this series for about seven weeks, and this is the uh, final Sunday for this series, Body Parts. And the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12 talks about the body of Christ being like, uh, like the church is like the body of Christ. And he refers to the body of Christ like our physical body, that is made up of many different parts, and all those parts working together is what makes the, fun- the body function well. The Apostle Peter writes in 1 Peter 4.10, he says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. We are given gifts that we are to use, not for ourselves, not for our own selfish gain, but to serve one another. As you respond in faith to the gifts that God has given you, and there's, this is truth in the Bible, you can find it in the parable of talents. As you respond in faith to the gifts that God has given you, he will increase those gifts over your life. Don't respond to fear what God has given you, respond in faith. The purpose for this series, Body Parts, is to help each and every one of us to discover the gifts that God has given us. And that we can use those gifts more effectively to serve others and ultimately that we can use those gifts to serve God. Today we are examining uh, the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy. Just for fun today, when was, uh, how many of you in the last five years have heard a sermon on prophecy? In the last five years? Okay, quite a few of you. Um, so there's probably about a, maybe a quarter of you guys have heard a message on prophecy. That's cool. Um, Today, I'm speaking on prophecy, the gift. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verse 6. 
he says these words. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. For many people, I believe the gift of prophecy is one of the most misunderstood gifts that we have in the Bible. For some, maybe you've had a prophetic word that has been spoken to you that just wasn't right, and it turned you off from the gift of prophecy. You don't even know, some people don't even know that they actually believe that prophecy is for today. And I just want to share about the gift of prophecy, which I believe is still for today because the Apostle Paul uses it for the church for today. He says, you know what, it is to encourage, it is to help one another. And I, we're going to unfold this here today. I want to share with you how prophecy can be a benefit for your life. As we begin, we need to recognize that there is a difference between the gift of prophecy and the office of prophecy. In the Old Testament, you can read where God appointed a many prophets to speak his word to the people. They were appointed by God as a prophet. Many of the prophets were used by God to preach a message, to preach a word of truth. Many times when you read the Old Testament, it was really to preach repentance. Over and over and over again, God is calling the Israelites back to repentance. Now, for some of you, maybe the whole idea of, man, the office of a prophet Man, that sounds really cool. I want to be a prophet. But let me remind you that most of the prophets in the Old Testament were killed by their own people because the people didn't like their message, so they would stone them. They would, they would, they would burn them. They would do all kinds of horrible things. Not very many prophets actually lived their entire life out, most of them. So you might think twice about being a prophet. But when Paul writes these words in Romans 12, he's not really referring to the office of prophet, but he's really referring to the gift of prophecy. And I want to continue with that thought. What is the gift of prophecy? According to the Apostle Paul, prophecy happens under the influence of the Holy Spirit. What that means is that God uses a person to speak truth into either a group or into a person's life. He uses that to speak truth into their life. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 14, verses 3 through 4. But one who profits strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. How does that work, Pastor Tom? Do I have to get up here and all of a sudden give a prophetic word to it? No, 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 no. Sometimes that causes a lot of confusion. But when you give a prophetic word to a person, when you come up to someone and share a, a word that is encouragement to them, it, all of a sudden it benefits them, it strengthens them. I look at it this way. If you've ever, how many have ever had a headache here today? Yeah, do you struggle with it? Sometimes I get a headache, it comes up my back, and it's like, oh, I get a sinus headache. And when I get a headache, it affects my entire body. It affects, first of all, I can't really think. Second of all, when I stand up too quickly, everything's about ready to explode. I mean, it affects how I walk. It affects how I, if I'm hungry, if I, because a headache can just distract you from everything else. But when that headache goes away, when you find relief for that headache, it affects the body in a very positive way. All of a sudden, you can function again. And I look at the gift of prophecy in a way where, guess what? It is a positive 
prophecy. It is something that encourages you. It is something that helps you. It is something that lifts you up. That's what the Apostle Paul says. You guys are kind of really quiet. Prophecy strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Through the years, I have seen several situations where prophecy spoken into someone's life has produced a negative effect. I don't believe that's from God, not according to the Apostle Paul. Prophecy should encourage, strengthen, and comfort. Let me give you a real example on how prophecy can strengthen, encourage, and comfort you. About 17 years ago, when I was presented the opportunity to move from Seattle and head to Las Vegas to help start a church in Las Vegas, I had this thought that came through my mind, because remember, I'm from Seattle, 40 years in Seattle, born and raised, and, and I had this entire thought, I had three little kids, I'm thinking, how is that going to work? God, you can't be asking me to take my kids from Seattle and move them. They were all three of my kids were in this really nice Christian private school, and they were being educated with Christian teachers. And, and now you're asking me to go to, and I looked in Las Vegas, and man, the schools, the private schools there were expensive, and my salary was being cut because I was leaving a nice job to go be a church planter. And I'm thinking, Lord, how can you ask me to do this at this time in my life when I have three little kids? I'm going to have to put them in public schools. And, and there's nothing wrong with public schools. In fact, I celebrate public schools. And I, just, I, in fact, believe that more and more Christian kids need to be in public schools and change public schools for the better. So there's a lot of, not, nothing against private schools either. If God has called you, I don't have, but I was thinking at that point, I'm taking my kids and putting them in public schools in Las Vegas where there's a culture of more acceptance to things that I wouldn't approve of. And I'm thinking, God, how could, and then on top of that, I live in Washington, mountains and evergreen trees, beautiful, and I'm moving, God's asked me to move to a place in the desert, cactuses, I can't even find my home because they all look the same, <laughs> desert landscaping, have you ever heard of such a thing, where you can't, you're not even allowed to put grass in the front yard? The backyard, you get 50% grass. Every plant has to have an IV. If the plant doesn't have an IV, it cannot survive. It has to have a drip effect on every single plant. In Washington, God just can't tear it all. It just rains down. Everything turns green. Everything is awesome. God, you're asking me to move to a place in the desert? I was struggling. Annette knows it. Nine months I was struggling. Finally, a friend of mine, he came to me one day. He looked at me and he stated, just a matter of fact, my friend didn't know about this whole thing and me going to the thoughts of me heading to Vegas. But just a matter of fact, he made this comment. I believe God is calling you to move to Vegas. Huh? I believe God is calling you to move to Vegas. Now, at that time, he didn't know anything about Vegas. And this is what was interesting about that word. I want to share with you how it affected my life, because it's important that you understand this. When he shared that, it didn't scare me. It didn't put fear in me. It didn't anger me. That word brought me peace, strength, encouragement. The understanding that God would use, would use someone else close to me to speak into my life, what he wanted me to do was humbling 
It was in a way that God was in control. God was in control. It brought confirmation to my spirit. You see, I was concerned about all the negatives of moving to Vegas and how that was going to impact my family. His prophetic word came at a time that confirmed into my spirit that God was in control. During this decision, Annette and I both received multiple prophetic words that continued to just encourage us and strengthen us as we were making this step of faith to follow God in planting this church in Las Vegas. Now here's, catch this thought, and I want you to understand this because this last song we sang, I'm going to bring that back up because I thought it was just so good. Let me, in fact, I'm going to bring it right back up right now. Hang on, I had to take a picture of it because I don't remember things well. Is that okay? That last song, it says, let faith rise up, oh heart believe. Let faith rise up me. See, my struggle was, my heart knew God was calling me to Vegas. My mind wasn't following along. During this decision time, we received several prophetic words that kept on confirming us. Now, this is what was crazy. It's interesting. It's a part of the story. That is that the majority of the people that we shared with them that we were moving to Las Vegas thought that we were crazy. And those were the same thoughts. Now, catch this. They thought they were crazy, and they would make statements like this. They'd say, you're crazy. What are you thinking? Don't you realize you're leaving all your friends and families? Don't you know that Las Vegas is not a place to raise your family? What's wrong with you? And what was happening was all their statements were confirming what was in my mind. I'm going somewhere. It was confirmation, not what was in my heart, but what was in my mind. It kept confirming yeah, I told you, you're crazy, your thoughts are weird, you're, what are you thinking about doing this, why are you thinking about doing this? My mind wanted to hear that, but my heart knew different. You see, a prophetic word should bring truth and should confirm not what's in your mind, but what's in your heart. I know that might be hard for some of you today to separate that thought, the heart and the mind. And I'm going to share something right here that's going to frustrate some of you. And I like to frustrate people once in a while. I'm sorry, God forgive me. Here we go. Rational thinking is good in most situations, but not when it comes to obeying God. I'm going to say it again. Rational thinking is, in, is good in most situations. I love to be a rational person. But when it comes to obeying God, sometimes you can't be rational. And for some of you today, when I just shared that word, it just rose up in you. Pastor Tom, what are you talking about? Because you're that person that likes to check all the boxes. Okay, we're going on vacation, and let's see, we got this, we got this, we got this, we got this, we got... I mean, even for dinner, before you leave in the morning, you check all the boxes. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Unless you're trying to be obedient to God. Because sometimes all those boxes just don't get checked. If it's not logical for some of us, and this is me, I'm speaking to myself, Sometimes, this is why it took me nine months to follow God. I was Jonah. If it's not logical, man, I'm just not going to do it. I want things to make sense. But there are times that we, in our lives, when you know that God is speaking to you, and in those times, you just need to obey, even if it doesn't make sense. Now, for some of you that are doubting, good for you. Good for questioning the pastor at times when, it's good. Let me share some examples. 
Jonah didn't want to obey God. He didn't want to go to Nineveh and preach a message of repentance. He didn't want to give those people in Nineveh a second chance because they were ungodly, they were heathens. And he, didn't, he knew that God's mercy and grace, man, there's this outside chance if I just go and preach repentance to the city of Nineveh, man, they're going to all of a sudden repent, they could repent. And, oh, I don't want that to happen because they're not godly, they're heathens. They, he's kind of prejudiced in all matter of fact on that whole thing. But Jonah knew in his heart what was right. But his mind was getting in the way of obeying God. When Jesus told the rich young ruler, remember I've shared this story several weeks in a row. When the rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, you know, what must I do to, uh, to enter into the kingdom of God? And Jesus told the rich young ruler, you must go sell everything that you own and give it to the poor. What would you do in that situation? You see, I believe in the, rich, the, in the heart of the rich young ruler, he knew that the words of Jesus were true. But his mind got in the way of obedience. His reasoning got in the way of obedience. In Acts chapter 5, when Ananias and Sapphira sold their property, it didn't make sense for them to bring the entire gift, the entire amount of money to the apostles. It wasn't rational. So instead, they chose to lie and claim that they gave the full amount. So they came to the apostles and said, we sold a piece of property, sold some land. This is what we got for it, and we want to give the entire amount to you. But it wasn't true. It was a lie. Now, this is really important to understand. They were never required to give the full amount in the first place. We forget that. Read the scripture. They were never required. Peter states it was their property to sell or not sell. It was their money to give away as they pleased. Their sin was not in the process of giving. Their sin was because of their lying. Why did they lie? See, I always think when I read scripture, I start asking questions all the time. Why did they? We, sometimes you just read it, start asking questions, and you start discovering revelations. Why did they lie? To impress people? Maybe. Or did they lie to make it appear that they were obeying God because they knew what God was speaking to their heart and their mind was getting in the way of their obedience? When Satan deceived Eve, how did he deceive her? He deceived her by reasoning with her. He started, she knew what was right in her heart, but he made such a, a great argument that he was reasoning with her, and he made her, he, he didn't make her, but he convinced her to take the fruit of the, the tree and to eat it because he was reasoning with her. When Paul warns the church in Corinth about not being led astray from the truth, he states these words in 1 Corinthians 11.3. Listen to the words. But I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted. Just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. I'm going somewhere. Hang in there with me. You see, our reasoning can lead us away from obeying what God has put in our hearts. I share all of this because the gift of prophecy, I believe, is for the purpose of confirming and strengthening to us to follow after God. Don't follow the reasoning of this world. 
but follow the truth that you know God has spoken into your heart. Sometimes we just need a confirmation. Sometimes you just need a word of encouragement. And encouragement and prophetic are really close together, by the way. God uses the prophecy to bring that confirmation and encouragement into our lives. And just a disclaimer here. When, if you receive a prophetic word, it should never go against the truth of the Bible. If it goes against the truth of the Bible, eh, throw it out. It's not from God. It's easy. So the next question is, how does this prophecy thing work, Pastor Tom? I don't know if I believe in it. I don't know if I should receive it. How does this thing work? Paul makes an interesting statement in Romans 12, 6, and I want you to listen to this closely. He makes this statement. Romans 12, 6 through 8 has been the context that we've been speaking on the last seven weeks for this sermon series. Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. But in Romans chapter 12, verse 6, Paul writes, So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Isn't that interesting, those words? Was that scripture up there or no? Do we not have the scriptures? Okay. So that scripture. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. That's not your problem. That's mine. I don't have that up there. What does Paul mean? Speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Some translations say, according to the proportion of your faith. A prophecy, catch this, a prophecy must be regulated by the degree of your faith. What does that mean? Let me go. God gives you inspiration to share, right? A prophecy is not from us, it's from God. He gives us the inspiration to share. But it must be done in faith. Let me share some thoughts on this. Today. And these are three points I want to share with you. The first is this. Prophecy should always promote Christ. It should always promote Christ. The prophecies in the Old Testament are always pointing to the arrival of a Savior. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent from your sin, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And they continued to point to something that was going to happen in the future when Christ was going to be born, when he was going to die on a cross for He was continuing pointing to Christ. Today, a prophetic word should still point people to Jesus. It should edify or build up the body of Christ. I've seen prophecies that have done the exact opposite. Those prophecies, I believe, were given, and catch me, catch, I believe that it's really, you have to be really careful. Prophecies can be used to manipulate people. I see it on late night TV a lot. I'm just being really honest. They manipulate people to give money. They manipulate in certain ways. They have these... I don't believe a prophecy should ever be selfish. It should always be giving. A prophecy must be pure and genuine. It should be done in love that promotes the work of Christ in our lives. Prophecy is not for selfish gain. It's for the improvement and the encouragement of others. It requires faith. Catch this. This is where the whole faith thing comes in when Paul talks about the measure of faith. It requires faith to give a pure word that has no selfish agenda. I'm going to say it again. It requires faith to give a pure word that has no selfish agenda. Faith is our belief in and devotion to God. It's completely trusting God that the word that you are giving me is complete, and I'm going to share that to someone else. I'm not going to add anything to it. I'm not going to subtract anything to it. I'm going to have faith in you, God. What you've downloaded to me, what you gave me, is what I'm going to share to someone else. 
So when you speak out, you must do so according to your faith. I'm going to share something really simple. Because so many times I feel like the prophetic word gets too complicated. A prophetic word for you might be as simple as walking up to someone and saying, do you know God loves you? What do you mean, Pastor? For that person, if they didn't have the understanding that God loves them, and you walk up to them, and you give them the prophetic word where God just puts it into your heart, say, you need to go tell that person God loves you. You walk up and you say, you know, I just feel, I just sense, I need to share with you that God loves you. That's a prophetic word that lifts up. It incre- See, so many times we want to make it too difficult. Beware when someone says, man, you're going to own this house, you're going to get a brand new car next year, you're going to get a job that's going to double all your... Be careful with those. In the Old Testament, when I hear the prophetic words, guess what? They're really similar all the time. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. It was a prophetic word that God kept on using different prophets to share over and over and over again. Now, there were more prophetic words that were more detailed. There's no doubt about that. But sometimes a prophetic word can be as simple as just sharing some, to someone who doesn't know Christ, who doesn't know the love of God. Hey, I just want, felt like I need to share with you that God loves you. Second thought. Prophecy should be given in humility. Prophecy should be given in humility. Now, that doesn't mean that you should go give a prophecy sheepishly. But it means that you should give it out with a reverence of knowing that God is using you. That requires faith. The greater recognition that it's the Spirit of God working through you, the more careful you will be in delivering that message with love and care. Because when you start realizing that God is using you right now to share a message to someone, man, you all of a sudden are very careful and you do it with love and care. Prior to listing all of the gifts of the Spirit in Romans chapter 6, once again, Romans chapter 12, verse 6, 7 and 8 were our text. But prior to listing the gifts of the Spirit that Paul does, in verse 3, three verses above that, in verse 3, he shares these words, the Apostle Paul, Romans 12, 3. I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. I love Paul. I mean, talk, talk about just being clean. And, don't think that you, you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. Let's remember this truth. As humans, we are not perfect. We make mistakes. There are times that um, there are times that I might sense that some, someone is. I'm, I'm getting a word for someone, and I want to share a word with someone. And and when I feel that sense, and and God is just working on me, and and I'll go up to someone, and I'm, I'll make a statement such as this. I really feel I need to share this with you. I feel like God has given me, just God has impressed upon me just this thought for you. And I share it in, in such a way that is kind of open where they can receive it. See, part of, a, part of the gift of prophecy is that the other person receives it. Think about that for a minute. They don't receive it. Is it really, have you really done your job? I don't state. Man, the Lord told me to tell you. I'm not saying if you've done that. 
But for me, unless God appears to me in the flesh and says, I want you to go, it's hard for me to go say, the Lord told me to tell you. And I've heard the Lord really speak to me. I really have. But I'm very cautious. I'm just being some, bringing out some practical things for you. But you go up and you say, man, I feel so impressed to share this. I believe the Lord has these words for you. It just, it just is impressed on my heart to share these words with you. By the way, disclaimer. If you don't pray, you don't prophesy. Really simple truth. If you don't pray, you don't prophesy. Because most of the times when I've ever gotten a word for someone, it's during the time when I've been praying for them. And all of a sudden, God starts to download something. I thought, oh. And by the way, if it's truly a, pro- a word from the Lord, you won't forget it. You won't have to, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to, otherwise, no, 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 it's burned in you. I can see a person three weeks later, because they missed church three, and I can see a person three weeks, and that word's still there for me, for that person. Because, man, that's a word from God. And it just all of a sudden burns in me. It's like, oh, hey, I got something to share with you. I just, you know, hopefully this helps. And boom, you share that word. The last thought I want to share with you is this. Prophecy should be tested. Don't just accept anything from anyone. Test it. Almost all the prophecies given to me have been a confirmation to something that was already happening in my life. Not always, but mostly. But even the ones that weren't a confirmation of something happened in my life, guess what? It was prepared me for something that was going to happen in my life. There's something there, and you need to test the prophetic word. John writes this in 1 John 4, 1. He says, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. Now, as I read that, that middle sentence is really interesting. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. It doesn't come from God. Where is it coming from? What spirit do they have that they're speaking in my life on? Just a whole other thought and a whole other message that we're not going to go down today. Anyhow, the last sentence there. For there are many false prophets in this world. So Paul, or John says, we're to test it. Then Paul writes these words. Do not scoff at prophecies, which is just interesting how Paul writes. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said And hold on to what is good. Catch this thought for a minute. Have you ever thought, if you scoff at a prophetic word, you might be scoffing at the very message of God? I need you to catch that thought. Some of you maybe don't believe in prophecy. Some of you maybe have had a a, a prophetic word that wasn't of God. But Paul says, if you scoff, don't scoff at it. And when he made that comment, I started thinking about it. Man, if I scoff at a prophetic word, I could be literally scoffing at the very words that God is trying to speak into my life. Paul states to test everything that is said. And then he makes a statement, hold on to what is good. Test everything that is said. Does it line up with God's word? Does it confirm something that's already happened in your life? Does it point you to Jesus? Test everything that is said. And if it is good, hold on to it. According to Paul, if a prophetic word is good, what does it mean to hold on to it? When you're holding on to something, 
like a prophetic word, and Annette and I have experienced that, you hold on to that word as God's truth to you, and what you do is you apply your faith to it. All of a sudden, you mix it with faith. So let me give you, a, just because we had such a great worship time. Peter goes, call me out upon the water. Jesus says, come. Peter had to apply his faith to the word of Christ. When Peter applied his faith to the word of Christ, guess what took place? Read your Bibles. He was walking on the water out to Christ because he had applied his faith. When you get a prophetic word, you can respond either in fear, scoff at it, or laugh at it, or you can respond in faith at it, if it's good. And when you respond in faith into that, into that word, what you're doing is all of a sudden is taking action. You're mixing the chemicals just right where all of a sudden it's just all of a sudden starting to take. And God can use with his prophetic word to your life, he can use that and apply it in faith. Now, how many of you could say maybe that last song that we sang in worship? Hang on. Let me get it here. Got to put my code in here. Whoops, no face recognition. Oh, here it comes. Let faith rise up, O heart believe. Let faith rise up in me. Now, for some of you sitting here today, you've been dealing with fear on a situation. Maybe you're diagnosed with cancer. Or maybe you just, you're getting this feeling from your boss that maybe it's, man, you're about ready to be terminated from your employment. Or maybe, you know, a child calls and, and they're in trouble and you don't know how they're going to make it. And fear all of a sudden grips your heart that maybe they're going to lose their home or whatever. And all of a sudden, all these things in our lives that come up, we can all of a sudden apply fear to them. But what happens as you're reading God's word or as you're in worship singing a song and that those words come up, let faith rise up, oh heart believe. And God speaks to your heart, those are words for you right now. Now you can just ignore those, you can walk away from those, or you can say, God, you're speaking to me. And I'm going to take faith and I'm going to apply it to your word. And I'm going to see what God can do in and through my life. I'm telling you right now, it can change your life. I believe God wants to use us in areas of the prophetic that builds up the body of Christ. It's confirmation that God is working in through our lives. I don't think we should run from it. I really don't. Um, I don't think we should go. We've got to be careful with the works of the Holy Spirit in a way that they're received in a proper way. But many of you probably have recognized a time in your life, and I'm just going to share this, where God used you in such a way where all of a sudden you were sitting there and you were thinking about someone, maybe you were drinking coffee with them, and all of a sudden, and, and I just, I'd be interested to know this, so I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. All of a sudden you're just talking to someone, you're sharing to someone, and all of a sudden <coughs> God just puts, drops this thought in your head. And you share with them, man, you know what? And all of a sudden, their eyes get big. And as you're sharing, they go, oh my gosh. I needed to hear that word today. Have any of you guys ever done that before where you shared something? I was like, okay, quite a few of you. Do you know that's probably a prophetic word? That God is using in you 
to share. You see, we make it think it's so difficult and so hard, but it's not. If you're, a, if you're a follower of Christ and you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you and dwelling in you, guess what? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And out of that temple, guess what? There are going to be words of life that are going to be shared that are going to lift up. They're going to encourage. They're going to, they're going to help people walk through life. Gift of prophecy. I share that because so many times I think that, as I grew up at least, there were times I wanted to shy away from it just because of experiences that I had. Prophetic words that... And... I'm not done, sorry. It's important to realize this. Years ago, there was a person that came into a, a church of ours. And, and he had a word of prophecy over Brett. Can I share this story? Sure. And, uh, and he saw Brett, he was out in the audience, and Brett, what do you call that hairdo that you used to have back in the day? What was that called? Mohawk. A mohawk, a mohawk. Brett had this mohawk, and I was a parent that, I don't care, whatever, if that's the age, I don't know, he's probably 13, 14 years old, and he had this long, high mohawk, and he's sitting out in the audience. And this guest speaker was there, and all of a sudden he saw Brett out in the audience and said, hey. Done. Come up here. I got a word for you. And he brings him up on the platform. And I'm sitting on the front row as an executive pastor. I wasn't the senior pastor, I'm the executive pastor. And he says, Man, son, I see that, man, you've been struggling because you're just not loved. You don't find love and, and you just you feel like you're you, you no one has been really owning you. And and he goes through all these things, and, and the entire church is looking like, does he not know that that's Brett? <laughs> like one of the most lovable guys and you know, that, that's pastor's kids. And, man, they have a, their family. It seems like it's lovable. They don't seem like they hate each other. And, this, and I tell you what, a negative prophecy, a bad prophecy can get in your spirit and you just want to close everything down. Right? Right? Hey, there's truth to that. Listen to John's words once again. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You see, what I needed to share with you, God works through human vessels, and we're not perfect. And there's times that are their mistakes. And just because there's a mistake doesn't mean you throw out the baby with the bathwater. What it means is that all of a sudden you test it, and you make sure that it is a word from God. And when it is a word from God, when it confirms something in your spirit, when it's, when it's truth from God's word, when it's pointing you to Christ, when it's pointing you to a better relationship with God, guess what? You grab a hold of that word. See, I think sometimes in the church today, we, we just shy away from it completely. We don't even want to talk about it. But it's in the Bible. And I believe the prophetic word in a practical way, in a practical way, it can change people's lives. So I encourage you here today not to run away, but to embrace, I think I just broke my iPad, to embrace what God is doing in your life. Embrace what God is doing in your life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word today. I thank you, God, that your word does not return void. I thank you for this gift, the last gift that we're speaking about in this series, the gift of prophecy, how it could change lives, how when you speak through us, 
to share a word to someone who's struggling with a decision and they know in their heart what they're supposed to do, but man, their mind is telling them something else. To have someone step up and just say, hey, I just have this thought I just need to share with you. I feel like God's impressed upon me. And you share that thought and all of a sudden it awakens them to you, God. I pray that gift, Lord God, will be poured out in greater ways than ever before in our lives. I pray that we become the church of Christ in such a way that we are not scared of your gifts, but God, we embrace them in such a way that we can give them forth, Lord God, to change lives, to help lives, to encourage lives, Lord God. I pray over all of those here today, Lord God, that may have the gift of prophecy. I pray that all of us would have such a gift where we can speak into lives. I pray, God, that you would let us use that with faith and with humility. And God, that we would be an encouragement to other people, Lord. I ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. God good? All the time, he is good. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.